What up, Hoop fans? If you're in Australian, there's literally one sleep to tip off. We're about seven hours away from the first game, 7.30 Australian Western Standard Time, because we're all sitting here over in Perth. It's game on, you guys. The NBA season is starting, and even though I sound like shit again, I'm pumped. Everything's a little bit delayed with me today. Yesterday's pod was a bit slow. I'll try to speed it up a little bit today. Still on the Sudafed, but we're getting through it. Look... Usually, to me, the start of the NBA season is when I pick up the annual treat that is the NBA preview. Like, it's usually a pro basketball guide. When when I was a little kid, it used to be called Peterson's Pro, then it moved on to some other brand. Recently, I've been buying the Lindy's brand, but this year, they've been super late in releasing the the magazine that I I love, and uh, so I've been hunting around news agencies for about five or six weeks. I've been asking the question, when's this basketball magazine coming in? frantically scanning these news agencies and there's just been nothing incidentally have you seen how how few basketball magazines are in news agencies these days it's disgusting about one in four carry slam magazine which is overpriced and basically just an ad for shoes every second page not a huge fan of it Um, but there's nothing else and it's so frustrating because there's so many goddamn gun magazines and fishing magazines and motorcycle magazines and 4x4 magazines and Prius magazines, which is, it's strange because those motherfuckers that are into those things generally can't read. Shout out to me this time last year, it's about 12.30 in the morning, Uh, this time last year I was still trying to figure out how to work Audacity and do my very first ever NBA Daily Cash Lines podcast with your boy Adonis Muir on the Twitters, Uh, and one year later, it's a full 365 days, that's a redundant comment, but it's true. I still don't know how the fuck to work Audacity, uh, so here we are. Once again, we're going to be going through the over-under lines. I'm going to be hitting the Western Conference today, and we're going to be moving backwards, so let's get right into it. We're going to start with a team I'm super excited about, and that's the Utah Jazz. Now, their line is 47.5. Last year, they cobbled together 40 wins. Again, I'll be referring to the excellent 538.com website, and they've got them projected statistically at 51 wins, which clears the line quite comfortably. Me, I I did have them in the low 50s uh, during the off-season. As you look at the roster, they started to put together under the very good and underrated coach Quinn Snyder. But I've lowered them down to 49 wins, basically mainly due to the injury to Mr. Gordon Hayward. They lost Trevor Booker, the power forward, who's gone to Brooklyn. They lost Trey Burke, which is no real loss. He's a shoot-first point guard who really just played so many minutes due to the injuries that Utah suffered last year. They've got back Dante Exum, Australia's own Dante Exum. They've got Hill from Indiana. They've got Boris Diaw from San Antonio. And they've got Joe Johnson. So you can see that's a really impressive collection of veterans that are going to surround an excellent cast of, of young players, guys like Gobert and Favors, Hood. Uh, and so far we've got a healthy Gobert. Last year Gobert came back from injury, and I was listening to a Utah Jazz podcast on the Lockdown Network, which is pretty good, I recommend it. Uh, Last year Gobert had a lot of problems with his lower legs, and basically they were saying that any old player could push him off the block. This year he's a lot stronger, a lot healthier, and we're expecting big things. I'm a little bit concerned about the injury to uh, Derek Favors, and obviously the month off that Hayward's going to dealing with because of his finger is not ideal but it's still a slight over for me I think 49 wins is a pretty good easy number and so we're clearing that line by a game and a half 
San Antonio Spurs, the line is set at a pretty high 57.5. But if you do remember last year, they won 67 games. A lot of people have forgotten um, the Spurs and how good they were last year. They were neck and neck with the Warriors, something like two games behind until the last game of the season, uh, last couple of games of the season. And, you know, we forget about the Spurs because the Warriors obviously won 73 games, which is ridiculous. But the Spurs had an absolute perler of a year last year. 538 has rated them very lowly at 52 wins. I've got them a little bit higher at 55, but you'll note that that is still under the line. They've lost, of course, Tim Duncan, the instant Hall of Famer. Boris Diaw, we just mentioned, has gone to Utah. Boban Marjanovic, we mentioned yesterday, has gone to Detroit. And they have also lost David West. Um, Now, look, the loss of Timmy is offset somewhat by Pau Gasol coming across from Chicago. David Lee might put up a few points in a pinch, but obviously he's not that relevant a player anymore. Um, So I think Pau can offset, like I said, some of the damage that we're going to see by... Duncan not being there to you know coordinate the defense, but it's really a huge not a make or break year for Kawhi Leonard because we know that he's a superstar. But they're going to rely so much on him to just fix every problem they've got this year. Uh, so we better hope he doesn't suffer any of the injuries that he had a couple of years ago. The Spurs have also got to hope that Pau Gasol and Tony Parker don't completely fall off the radar because these guys are well in their mid thirties now, um, and. Look, the player of Tony Parker, he's not even in the top 150 players in the league anymore. Um, I'd hoped that the Spurs would somehow be able to upgrade from Tony Parker, but you know, you're dealing with what you're dealing with, and let's just hope he's not slid too far. So I'm going to slight under on the Spurs. Sacramento have a line of 32.5, which is extremely low. Last year, they cobbled together 33 wins with just... An absolute incompetent coach in George Carl, and that hurts me to say it because I love George Carl. But last year it was quite obvious he checked out; he didn't care. He was hamstrung by bad management, of course, but some of his decisions last year were certainly puzzling. Five thirty-eight have got Sacramento at thirty-four wins, which is again above the line. I've got them a little bit higher at thirty-seven. They've lost Belnelli, they've lost Seth Curry, they've lost Rajon Rondo. Uh, they've gained a Flalo, Matt Barnes, Anthony Tolliver, and Ty Lawson sort of as a drunken insurance policy. Um, Collison, if you remember, is missing the first few games of the uh, of the season because of a domestic violence assault charge. Um, so he's missing eight games. Uh, Collison, look, I love Rajon Rondo, but the stats don't lie. And the stats said that when Collison was on the floor last year, the Kings were a better team. So Collison is an upgrade on Rondo. Um, and his thing, Dave Yeager is a really good fucking coach. Now, he doesn't have much to work with in Sacramento. Who knows how long Rudy Gay will be on that team. But I think that uh, Boogie Cousins is going to absolutely love playing for him. Dave Yeager spent the offseason talking about how he's going to make Boogie sort of a point center, uh, much in the mold of Mark Gasol last year. And some of these vets um, could settle down a lot of these rookies and bring out the best in guys like Macklemore and Corley Stone. Um, that is if Matt Barnes behaves himself and doesn't go off fighting coaches. Um, look, this is a really bad team. Uh, it, it's a really bad team, but it's also a very low line. So I'm going to be betting the over. Ooh, this one could be uh, a little bit controversial. Portland, the line is 45.5. Last year they won 44. 538 hasn't gone too high on them. They're 46, so just above the line that's been set. 
me, I'm taking a heavy under on this. I've got them at 41 wins. And yeah, I'm bucking the trend of this team. Everybody talks about this team like they're a young, up-and-coming team. Um, I'll remind you about Phoenix a few years ago when everybody thought that it was a rebuilding year and Phoenix had a great year. I think they missed the playoffs after winning 44. They surprised everyone, but then... As we've seen in the next two years, they were absolutely trash. And I'm not saying they're going to fall off a cliff like Phoenix did, but I just don't like them as much as other teams, as much as other people like them. They gained Festus Azili. Uh, they gained Evan Turner from Boston. They only lost Gerald Henderson, but at the end of the day, this was quite a puzzling off-season for me. They spent almost max money, maybe it was max money, I can't remember, on Alan Crabb, who's a great player, a really good three-point shooter, but he's a young, raw sixth man at best. Um, they spent so much money on Evan Turner, who is a guy that needs the ball in his hands, who will be taking that away from McCollum, taking it away from Damian Lillard. They needed to go hard after a guy, I think, like Hassan Whiteside, and they just... I feel like they really wasted their money, and so now they've got a shitload of mediocre players and you know a lot of redundancy on this team, and, and I don't like it. I'm not looking forward to watching them. I, I think they're going to struggle. So... Yeah, like I said, with the ball out of Lillard's hands, I don't like... I think this team's got a big down arrow on it rather than a green arrow going up. And I've got them at 41 wins. As always, guys, if you disagree violently with any of these, I'd love to hear your opinions on where I fucked up and where I'm going to lose my money. Just tweet me at Adonis Muir or hit me up on the NBA Daily Cashlines podcast Facebook page. Love to hear from you. Uh, which leads us nicely, actually, into my Phoenix Suns. The line on these guys is 29.5. Last year they won 23. 538's got them at 31 wins. <sighs> Pains me to say it. I've gone really low on my team. Uh, maybe I'm a pessimistic guy. I'm not sure. I've got them down as low as 23 wins. Feels a bit low as I say it, but hear me out. They lost Lua. Uh, you know, bit of a soft player, but he went off to Detroit. They've lost Toledovic, so that's another great shooter they've lost. They gained Leandro Barbosa. Cool. Uh, Bender, Dragon Bender. We're all excited about that. The potential in this guy is amazing, but he's just not ready for the league. Marcus Chris, I'm excited about. Um, if, if you haven't really been following the Suns preseason, he is a super athletic uh, power forward, even though I think he's really, really undersized. He makes up for that with his athleticism, as we mentioned in the podcast the other day. And they also added Fat Dudley, who must be best friends with the coach because apparently he's starting at power forward, like I said in my pod the other day. Apparently shooting guards can just get fat now and call themselves a power forward. I'm a fat point guard, so I'm not sure what position that makes me. Maybe a fat, doughy, small forward. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I'll ask Jared. I would ask Jared Dudley, but he blocked me on Twitter for some very soft criticism. So it's maybe harsh, but the Suns have got a terrible coach. I'd say probably the worst coach in the league. And they've got very raw young players who we've got no idea how they're going to go this year. Bledsoe, obviously our current best player, even though Book is coming up and he's going to be a superstar. But Bledsoe's injury history is horrific, and I'm not confident he can ever play out a full year. Uh, Knight is on the bench. That's official. And like I said the other day, he's going to be jacking shots inefficiently. End of the day, the Suns have got absolutely nobody in their front court that can score. Tyson Chandler's best years are way behind him. Alex Len, well, we've seen that he just doesn't really have any post moves, even though he's a very good young defensive player. 
look, if, if teams have got good defensive wings, they're going to be able to shut down guys like Booker eventually, shut down guys like Knight, shut down Bledsoe, and the Suns have just got nobody to throw it into in the interior to score. So I think it's going to be another bad year for the Suns, even though I think they've got some talent on this team, and I, I will be watching quite a few Suns games this year for a change because they will be entertaining. They just won't win a lot of games. So I'm taking the under. I think it's probably going to be a comfortable under. But hell, I'd love to be proved wrong on this one. To OKC. The line is 44.5, which is way lower than I thought. Uh, Last year, they won 55. Obviously, that's not particularly relevant anymore. 538's got them at 50, which is a pretty good win total. That's well higher than the predicted line by the the punters. Uh, Me, I've got them at 47. Who did they lose? Well, they lost Serge Barker. Obviously, in the trade for Oladipo, but aside from that, I can't really think of anyone of note that they lost. Um, oh, Dion Waiters. They lost Dion Waiters. Uh, they gained Ilya Soba. They obviously gained Oladipo. <sighs> this team has got the the potential to be the biggest margin of error. They might flame out and win thirty two games. They might absolutely click as a unit and win somewhere in the mid fifties. There's no predicting what's going to happen, but I trust Stephen Adams. He's a fucking hilarious guy, and I think he's a really good defensive anchor. I trust Russell Westbrook. I think Westbrook's going to be an absolute superstar this year. He won't be supernova Russ that we saw when that other player was injured late in the season a couple of years ago. I think he's going to be more responsible. I think he's going to allow Oladipo to handle the offense sometimes. And I think it's a very, very low line for what could be a very good team. So I'm going to bet the slight over. Uh, whatever happens, this is absolute fucking must-watch television. I can't wait for every single game that Russell Westbrook puts this team on his shoulders and just propels them at lightning speed towards the finals. A team that won't be playing finals is the New Orleans Pelicans. Not only do they have a terrible name, they have a pretty low line at 36.5. Last year, they won 30 wins. 538's got them at 35. I've got them at 33. They lost a lot of shooting in Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon. Not so much Norris Cole, um, who's, I think, playing in China this year. Uh, They gained Langston Galloway, Buddy Heald, Solomon Hill, and maybe Lance Stevenson. (laughs) To this, I haven't checked in the last 24 hours, but it was still not completely confirmed that he'd made the 15-man roster, which is ridiculous, because this is a team that needs playmakers, and that's one thing that Lance still has the potential to do. Look... Evans is possibly out for the season, Tyreek Evans, of course. He had a knee injury, which turned into a blood clot injury. Uh, and with the tragedy that is Chris Bosch, we can see that anything can really happen with that. So there's no real timetable for Tyreek to come back. Drew Holiday, obviously going through a tragic situation situation with his wife, Lauren, who's, I believe, had a successful operation on removing a brain cancer. But Drew Holiday is on extended leave so that he can look after his wife and his child. And obviously we wish them nothing but the best. But there's no real timetable for when Drew's going to come back as well. People are guessing on that. I don't know. There's there's a chance he might not come back the whole year. We just don't know. Anthony Davis obviously is going to be keen for a massive bounce back year after a little bit of a disappointing year. Didn't quite bust out as much as everyone said last year. But... We, we just can't trust Davis to play 82 games or even 70 games. He just seems to just find a way to get himself injured. I, I'm not calling him soft. I, I think he's just been unlucky. But 
when he's not playing, this team absolutely collapses, especially if Drew's not there, Tyreek's not there. You've got nothing left. Are you going to pump the ball into Omer Arshik? Fucking good luck. So I'll be taking the under on New Orleans. Let's go now to a team that I'm really, really excited about. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Their line is a quite conservative 42.5. Last year they only won 29 wins, but I'll get to that in a sec. 538's got them clearly above the line at 46, which is exactly the same number that I've got them at. Now, they've lost Kevin Garnett. Look, that has relevance in terms of a coaching aspect because Garnett was obviously a really good influence on Carl Anthony Towns, but he wasn't doing much for the actual team itself on the court. They've gained Cole Aldridge. Don't sleep on Cole Aldridge. He's a very, very good backup center, very good defensive stopper. Chris Dunn in the draft, uh, who some people suspect will take over Ricky Rubio. I doubt that. If you've ever seen Tom Thibodeau, he doesn't play rookies very much, and Rubio is still a very, very good player. Jordan Hill, not particularly relevant. Rush from the Warriors is relevant. That's extra shooting, which is something that this team definitely need. Look, they won 29 wins last year under Sam Mitchell, who, lovely guy, uh, stepped into a very, very hard situation after the sudden cancer death of Flip Saunders, but Sam Mitchell is not a good coach. Uh, we've, seen him around, we've seen him around the league a couple of times. He's charismatic. He's very, very nice. The players love him, but he is borderline X's and O's dyslexic, if that's, if that's a thing. I'm not sure. Um, they've now hired who I consider to be the best coach in the league. Not my favorite, but certainly the best. I, I think Thibodeau milked everything out of the talent he had in Chicago and was unlucky not to get to the playoffs, uh, as in the NBA Finals. Um, and Thibodeau is an outstanding defensive coach, and he has some fucking defensive studs on this team. Carl Anthony Towns, obviously, Georgie Diang, Chris Dunn, Ricky Rubio, Cole Aldrich. They are all defensive juggernauts uh, in the hands of this madman, this, this wizard of a coach. And these guys are deep. We haven't even mentioned guys like Zach Levine, Shabazz Muhammad, who I still really like. Um, and here's the thing. Carl Anthony Towns is just so fucking good, man. He's so young still. I think he's only 20 or 21. I'm not sure. Uh, entering into his second season, he's already a hybrid of Tim Duncan and Kevin, du- Kevin Garnett. He's just a spectacular player. He might be the best center in the league already, uh, and God knows how good that guy's going to get. So I'm really excited about this team. I think 46 wins is a comfy... Uh, they have the potential to get to 50 if everything clicks and Thibodeau can work his magic. But a line of 42.5 is very generous, and I'll be betting the over. Memphis Grizzlies, the line is 42.5. Last year they won 42 uh, 538's got them really low at 35 wins. I'm not quite as low. I've got them at 40. They've lost Matt Barnes. No biggie. They've lost Lance Stevenson. No biggie. They've gained Chandler, Pass- Chandler Parsons, which would be great if the guy can get on the court. He's injured, probably going to miss a few weeks, I think. He's just, you know, he's been rehabbing most of last season, all of the offseason, and he's still not ready. He's still troublesome, which is super worrying because... To me, this is one of the shallowest teams in the league. I don't Conley, yeah, sure, he's definitely an okay point guard. I don't particularly rate him as a creator. I don't particularly rate him as, you know, he's a bit fragile. He just seems to find a way to get injured. And that's in conjunction with uh, Mark Gasol, a really, really dangerous thing. When your two best players are as fragile as these guys are, 
That's that's scary. Gasol's coming back from a foot injury. He's approaching his mid-30s. He's had a couple of injury scares in the preseason. And if one of these guys goes down, there's just not the depth in this squad because they had to spend all their money giving Mike Conley the biggest contract in the league until LeBron got a bigger one. Uh, but there's just no supporting cast. Uh, is James Ennis going to step up and score 20 points a game? I can't see it. I don't see where these guys are going to get all their wins from. I think my prediction of 40 is generous, and that's still two and a half games below the line. So I'm definitely going to be betting on these guys uh, and betting on them to fail. The Los Angeles Lakers. Now, their line is 25.5. Last year, they struggled to 17 wins. 538's got them right on the line at 25, slight under, and that's where I've got them as well, 24. They've lost Kobe, Ben Bryant, they've lost Bass, they've lost Hibbert, they've gained Calderon, Mozgov, Luol Deng, and Brandon Ingram. Look, I'm a Laker hater, I always have been, and don't take it the wrong way, you guys. They're the, they're the best team in franchise history, uh, wait, no, Boston are, sorry. They're the second best team in franchise history, and... They're always, they've always been better than my Phoenix Suns, so that's why I hate them. But this year, they're going to be sneaky entertaining. They've got a massive batch of really good, promising young players. Uh, Luke Walton is just an infinite improvement on last year's worst coach of the league. <laughs> I, I apologize. I, I said George Carr before. I meant Byron Scott. Byron Scott was an absolute just... There's no words for what Byron Scott was last year. Uh, and just having Walton there is going to be good for the players. It's going to be good for their attitudes. Uh, it's going to be good for everything, really. So I'm torn a little bit on this team because with the with the players they've got, D'Angelo Russell looks like he's taken a step up. I, I wanted to say something like 30, but we can't sleep on the fact that the Lakers are a very good chance of tanking later in the year. Uh, because they don't want to get rid of their top three protected draft picks. So I really do think they're going to find a way to lose some games at the end of the year. And for that reason, I've got them sitting pretty on 24 wins. Speaking of LA, let's move across to the Clippers. The line is 53.5. Last year, they won 53, which is a pretty good fucking number when you remember that Blake Griffin missed so much of the season for various reasons, various punchy reasons. 538's got them lower at 48. Personally, I've got them at about 50. I settled on 51. They lost Cole Ulrich. They lost Jeff Green. They gained Bass, Spates, and Raymond Felton. Raymond Felton is a sneaky good backup point guard. That's a good signing for them. But if we exclude Brooklyn, I really think that this is the absolute worst bench in the league. There's, you know, there's names there. There's, there's has-beens, but, you know, Crawford's old... Bass is a has-been. Uh, the coach's son, what's his name? Austin Rivers. I, I was high on him as a rookie, but he just has never been able to put it together. Apparently, he's going to be playing some small forward this year, which is hilarious. Paul Pierce should have retired a couple of years ago. I think the, the, the best we saw of him was his last season in Washington. And look, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan are three excellent players, probably in the league's top 40, all three of them. But the leads that they're going to gain are going to be gobbled up quicker than a fat kid at Sizz, a Sizzler buffet because this, this bench is absolutely horrible. The hacker problem is not going away. Sure, they changed the rules. Uh, you can't hack guys in the last two minutes of every quarter. That doesn't mean anything. They're still going to hack the shit out of DeAndre Jordan. He still can't shoot free throws. I can see this getting really, really ugly for the Clippers. Um, 
And so that's why I'm going to be betting the under. A team I am high on, a team not a lot of people are high on, but I am, is the Houston Rockets. Their line is a very mediocre 43.5. Last year they won 41 games, and 538.com has got them at 45. I've got them much higher than that. I've got them at 49. They lost the cancer that is Dwight Howard. They lost Mike Beasley. No, no biggie. They lost Jones. They lost Jason Terry. But they gained Ryan Addison, Anderson and Eric Gordon from the Pelicans. So they basically stole that team's shooting. Uh, and they also added Nini. Nini? 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 The Brazilian from Washington. Uh, and that's also a pretty good backup center to Clint Capella. So this this team has the potential under... You know they've given the keys to James Harden to run a Mike D'Antoni offense, so that is that's exciting. He's the best point guard, even though we're only really coming around to calling him a point guard now. He's the best point guard D'Antoni's had since Steve Nash, and it's gonna it's gonna look it's gonna really really good on some nights when the three pointer is falling. This team's gonna be unstoppable. I predict that they're probably gonna be the second best offense, maybe behind. Definitely behind Golden State, maybe behind San Antonio. So second or third best offense in the league. Sure, they're not going to be able to fucking stop anyone. Uh, there's going to be some 140 point per team games. Um, the loss of Pat Beverly is huge because he's the only really good defender that's less than six foot ten. And Clint Capella's got a lot of work on him, but I, I have a lot of faith in Clint Capella. I think he's going to take a massive leap as a defensive stopper this year. He might average something like 12, 10, and 3 blocks if we're being super optimistic. So I've got a lot of faith in in James Harden. Uh, obviously, he gets a deserved bad rap on defense, but that's not what he's there for. And this is going to be a goddamn fun team to watch. I think they're going to clear that 43.5 really, really easily. All right, let's get to Golden State. The line is 67.5. I remember at the end of last year, I said to you, whatever the line is for Golden State, take the under. And I'm going to this year, which sounds crazy because this is the best team on paper that has ever been put together. Last year, they famously won 73 games, even though they didn't win the title. Uh, 538 has got them at 68, so just clearing the line. I've got them at 66. The losses. They lost Bogut, Barnes, Festus Azili, Rush, and Spates. They gained Pachulia, West, and of course, JaVale McGee. Look, jokes aside, the signing of Kevin Durant is just awful for the league, great for Golden State. Uh, forget any chemistry issues. This team has looked sick in the preseason. Uh, it's it's basketball nirvana. It's basketball heaven. Here's the thing, though. I think Steve Kerr will deliberately rest dudes uh, a lot, like a lot more than required. And he won't want this team to be anywhere near the record of 72. Uh, so I think he, I think he's going to deliberately, not tank, but deliberately target kind of somewhere in the low 60s and concentrate on rest and preservation of his players rather than any, you know, impressive but not that important records during the regular season. This team's going to fart 60 games, uh, but I'm still going to take the under because of the reasons I've out- outlined. If they wanted it, I'm sure this team could get 74, and that's a huge statement, but I don't think that's going to be their priority. They've signed Durant, and they want to just uh, just pulverize the Cavs in the finals, and I think they probably will. <clears throat> hey, only two more teams, then I can edit this fucker and go to bed, and it will be the NBA season. Denver Nuggets. I spent so much time talking about the Denver Nuggets in the first part of the season. Their line is 36.5. Last year, they won 33. 
538's got them at 40. Me, I want to put them at 70. But I've tapered my expectations and I've got them sitting on 37 wins, which is above the over. Sorry, above the line. They lost DJ Augustine. They lost Joffrey Laverne. They drafted Jamal? I think it's Jamal. I can't be bothered looking it up. Jamal Murray, who is a very good point guard. Um, he's, a, he's a combo guard. They drafted him as a shooting guard, but I think he's looked more impressive as a point guard. Look, I'm letting my emotion rule me here because I'm so high on this team. But, like I said, I have tapered my expectations a little bit to be more realistic. That They had so many injuries last year. Gallo was out. My guy Nurkic was out. Wilson Chandler was out. Moody A missed a shitload of games. I, I just feel they cannot possibly be as unlucky with injuries as they were last year. And they still got to 33. So, I think it's realistic that they can win another four with a much cleaner bill of health. Uh, combined with Moody A's natural improvement and... The natural improvement of Jokic. Nurkic is, of course, already the best player in the universe, but Jokic is going to improve, Moutier is going to improve, and I'll be betting on this team for the over, which takes us all the way down to Mark Cuban and his Dallas Mavericks. The line is 39.5. Last year they got 42. I don't know how. They went on a massive streak to get into the finals at the end of the year. 538's got them sitting clearly under the line at 37, which is exactly comfortably where I have them. They lost Raymond Felton, they lost Chandler Parsons, they lost Zaza Pachulia, they gained Australia's own Andrew Bogut, uh, they gained Harrison Barnes, and they gained Curry. Look, the Barnes signing, a lot of Dallas kids are excited about that. Uh, here's the thing, Barnes was a good player, a good rotation player on a very good team, but he's not a superstar. He's a very good role player getting superstar money, which it hurts them, but what else were they going to do? They had to sign somebody. They also gained Seth Curry, who I think could have a bit of a breakout season. Um, Rick Carlisle is a very good coach, and somehow he always finds a way to just hide Dirk on defense and just utilize Dirk on offense, but Barnes is just not a star. Uh, he's looked awful in the preseason. Andrew Bogut is a perpetual injury risk, and they just don't have much depth behind, depth behind him. They're going to be playing small forwards as centers, uh, this could be the start of the end for this amazing Dallas team, which I will always love for beating the Heatles uh, the first year that LeBron took his talents down to South Beach. So I'm betting the under on Dallas. Guys, let me know if I've made any mistakes. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have it rubbed in my face if I'm wrong. If I insulted your favorite team, I'm glad I did. Let me know. <sighs> Get excited. The NBA tips off tomorrow. Uh, I'm pumped. I will see you. Well, I'll talk to you in a week or so. Just check in on you, as my mate Bill Burr says. Uh, have yourself a good sleep if you haven't already. And fuck, let's hoop it up. Peace.